take the first half i had a sore throat in july and so we didn't do it then and august will be on ben mm-hmm. yeah uh late uh late july into early august i actually got the vid so uh, uh so and then i school, school got started back up and i got a couple of jobs coaching and being involved with the school so we're trying to Trying to work it out, but we're back just in time for football season. We are, we are. I did not have the vid. I wanted to clarify real quick because I said I had a sore throat, but Ben and did did have the vid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we got through it. Yep. He's a he's a COVID survivor. Yep. Um, so we realize. Uh, I think our last episode I think was at the end of June, and so. There's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we need to just like skim. Yeah, no, I'm not doing a deep dive, but just kind of hitting you with your, hitting you with the big things, you know. Because I don't even think the NBA finals were over then. The conference finals weren't over then. Oh my goodness. Um, and so here's, I'll give you a few things that happened that we'll skim over. Um. If you want more deep detail, I know a few weeks ago on Sports Shenanigans, me and Casey were able to go through some of it, um, and so you might check that out, but we're just going to skim real quick for the sake of time, and just, I mean, it's two months of stuff. So, um, <laughs> let's see. Um, Cowboys were selected for Hard Knocks. Uh, the only reason I bring that up is because I have watched it. I don't know if you have been. Mm-mm. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's my first time ever watching Hard Knocks. I've never had HBO before, um, and it's it's definitely feels maybe more watered down than Hard Knocks the pre previous times because normally you get like people, you know, kind of you get like some drama and and for the most part it's just kind of been focused on a few players here and there. But it is interesting kind of get behind the scenes of how everything's going through training camp and stuff. Um, Let's see. Um, oh, this was forever ago. Richard Sherman was arrested. Uh, he had a burglary, domestic violence, trying to get into a family member's home uh, and was unable to. He was investigated by the Washington State Police for a connection to a hit and run. He was in custody. Uh, the 911 caller said Sherman was drunk and threatened to kill himself. Sherman was released with several conditions, no bail, no longer facing felony charges, um, and uh, he's facing two domestic violent counts among five misdemeanor charges. I haven't really heard any follow-up to any of this, but um, that was a big story a couple months ago. Yeah, I do remember that. It was a, kind of a bizarre situation. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he if another team gives him a chance after, yeah. uh, after this. Yeah, I'm not sure. It sounds like he just... something. Definitely a low point. 
Um, Dwayne Haskins was injured by his wife in Vegas, who's and she's facing a domestic violence charge. Um, Isn't that the second time he's done something stupid in Vegas? Well, I mean, he didn't do something stupid in Vegas. I mean, his wife. Well, he's in the him. news for something in Vegas, I guess. The I, first, the I, first I, count, I think that's when he went to the uh, the club after a game. I believe that was the first instance. And then the second instance, it's not stupid, but, like, it happened in Vegas, so. Yeah, I don't know. They, stay out of Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jim Irsay bought Elton John's piano that he used on tour for decades. Oh, here's a big one. ESPN and Disney partner with Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions. Peyton and Eli Manning will headline an alternate Monday Night Football telecast. Uh, for the 2021, 22, and 23 seasons, 10 games each season. Uh, Peyton and Eli are going to be from a remote location. Celebrities, including iconic and current players, will join. Uh, the new Monday Night Football Megacast offering airs on ESPN2 with potential distribution across Disney properties, including ESPN+. Um, it complements the traditional telecast on ESPN+. Uh, with Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, Lisa Salters, and John Perry, it's produced by ESPN in, conduct- in conjunction with Omaha, pro- uh, in conjunction with Omaha Productions. And honestly, Ben, here's my first question: Is anybody who is able to going to choose not to watch that instead of the regular broadcast? Yeah, I mean, unless you're not able to get it, but like, yeah, that's hey. what, yeah. That's the only thing is ESPN2 isn't like a universal station. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might put it on ESPN+, Plus, which then, you know, Disney has the bundle with Hulu and ESPN+, and so a lot more people can get that. And right now, let me tell you, right now, ESPN+, Plus is the biggest joke of any streaming service. There is nothing on there. Yeah, like, uh, unless you just want to, like, take a, you know, do a nice 30-day trial and watch all the 30 for 30s and maybe Peyton's Places... Outside of that, there's no benefit for it. There's, see, I got it. I got the bundle, you know, because it's a bundle and you save money. And um, and I was going through it, and yeah, you get Peyton's Places, you get 30 for 30. But I was thinking that with ESPN Plus, I would also be able to watch ESPN. And that's not the case, which makes no sense to me. Yeah, 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 it's, it. <laughs> again... If if you know me, you know my stance is on ESPN. I'm I mean, that it's not an uncommon stance on ESPN. No yeah. one really likes ESPN. Yeah, I like it for the nostalgia, like ESPN, worldwide leader in sports. Like that's been the, you know, I grew up with ESPN being and and just in the last ten years, it's just yeah sunk like a rock. Yeah, it's basically now if your sporting event is on ESPN, I'll watch it, but I'll go to either FS1. They're doing pretty good, or any of, or if it's a specific league such as like MLB Network, NBA uh, TV, or NFL Network, I'll go to those stations if I want news on stuff. Yeah, but those are also premium. Uh, those are more premium than ESPN. Well, I mean, I get, I get just about most of those. So like, I get, I yeah, get yeah. ESPN is a lot yeah. more available than those. Yeah. But like, if you have a choice, that's generally where yeah. I lean to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I the only thing I don't get is why are they why is this the ESPN two like they should put the whatever they want on the ESPN two like the the Steve Levy Brian Greasy that should be ESPN two ESPN should be Peyton and Eli yeah like that seems like without question 
what you should do. I get they're only doing 10 games a season, but the games they don't do, then you just put your regulars on ESPN. Yeah. Obviously, this is a little bit of a cash grab, you know? Well, yeah. Obviously, they're trying to push people to get ESPN Plus or, you know, something. Yeah, so not too thrilled about that, but... But you're going to watch Peyton and Eli. It's business. I get it. I get it. It's business. You're going to get it. I'm just... I'm a little bit concerned... Well, I guess concern's not the correct word, but, like, are they going to be doing commentary? or Because it sounds like, from what you said, that they're just going to, like, talk about what the commentators are saying as well as kind of give their own thoughts of what's going on in the game. It's not going to be actual play-by-play commentary. Well, that's what I don't know. I don't think it's going to be play-by-play because I don't see either one of them being, like, you know, usually there's a color commentator and, like, a... um uh, play by play. Yeah, yeah, play by play and color. color. I I see both of them being like more of the color commentator. Yeah. Person, and so they might comment on what's happening. Either way, I'm gonna want Peyton and Eli's opinion on what's happening in the game mm-hmm. more than Brian Greasy's tape play by play or whoever Steve Levy's play by play. Like I either I, either way, any way you split it, I don't think. That'd be the only reason I think it's not going to be on the on the regular broadcast is because I don't think it's going to be a traditional, yeah, broadcast. It's going to be two color commentators bringing on other celebrities to talk about stuff, but I think it's going to be more fun. It's going to be more fun. I just hope it doesn't take away from the game a whole lot. Yeah. So that that would probably be my only concern. But it's Peyton and Eli, especially Peyton. I trust. He, he can do no wrong. Yeah. And Peyton, we trust. Yeah. Um. Oh, part of the Aaron Rodgers saga. Oh, okay. So, apparently, over the offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football, and Rodgers declined the offer. Um, Obviously, I think the Packers are the ones that leaked this out because they wanted to be like, well, look, we tried to give Rodgers, you know, the most money and the and a better contract and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's still crying. And it's like, that's not what he was crying about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like they leak that to make themselves look good and it only made themselves look worse. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you're not acknowledging what he's actually complaining about. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like, again, I think this, I've said it all along, I think it's kind of splitsville between these two. I, like, I, you know, we're probably going to talk about a little bit later that the Packers are bringing in some guys that Aaron Rodgers likes, but we'll probably get to that when it comes. But I just don't, I don't see Aaron Rodgers coming back as a Packer. And honestly, the front office needs, you know, gone. So I think, I think this just needs to be a total reset. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the the way the front office has handled it, I get, I don't quite get the, like, Rodgers is getting a lot of backlash now, I think, from people like Colin Coward and stuff like that that are saying, oh, Aaron just, you know, he's prickly and, you know, he's he's not easy to work with. And I'm like, I feel like he's fairly easy to work with. The way the front office has just handled this is so incompetent. Mm-hmm. Especially when you look around the league and you're like, well, Kirk Cousins got a heads up that they were drafting a quarterback. Like, Sam Darnold gets a heads up that they're, we're, dra- we're thinking about drafting this guy. What do you think? Like, it's like, these guys aren't Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's all Aaron's saying. Is he's saying, I'm looking around the league and going, Kirk Cousins is getting heads up. Jimmy Garoppolo's being asked about what what they're thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. I'm I all I want is that. <laughs> yeah. I think when they talk about Aaron Rodgers, here's what I kind of get from him is he can be a little passive aggressive. And so like what I what I mean by that, he's not going to be bursting through the front office doors making huge demands. He's just going to be kind of like saying one thing and you just kind of need to pick up on that and they just over time haven't been picking up on it and Aaron Rodgers finally had enough of it and now we're in the situation that we're in where he has been uh, up front and forward about what he wants and he's given his demands and what and he's also given an alternative what happens if you don't meet these demands mm-hmm. so I think I don't put so much blame on Aaron Rodgers I, I think to be less passive aggressive and just try to communicate more with the front office might have been the only thing they could have done better. But outside of that, yeah, the Packers front office just does not seem competent at this point. Yeah. Uh, we had the first major injury of the NFL season went to Cam Akers. He tore his Achilles and he will be out for the year, the running back for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had 49ers sign Fred Warner to a five-year, $95 million extension, so made him the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL. 40 was guaranteed. Uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but Darius Leonard would soon pass him, mm-hmm. um, which is why the Colts should have signed him before the 49ers signed Fred Warner. Um, the league warned – let's see. Oh, this was a big – okay, yeah. The league warned teams that COVID-19 outbreaks between unvaccinated players could lead to forfeited games. They weren't going to adjust the schedule the way they had typically done beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and that would be the teams would be responsible for the loss of the revenue uh, among you know forfeited games. Teams were responsible for paying whatever was lost in revenue because the game wasn't played. I mean, pretty severe. I mean, that's like seventy million dollars. Yeah, and I guess initially I, like, I kind of had a problem with it, but you think about it now, it's like, okay, there there is protocols and whatnot, and they're putting in place for a reason. We're trying to get back into, uh, I guess, a normal type schedule, mm-hmm. and the more you're just being flexible on this just shows you that we're not making any progress on to what normal looks like Mm. so i'm not um totally against this um i guess there are later issues are we going to talk more about you know the covid and unvaccination stuff probably at some point okay well my concern was like you know we're seeing more and more now the players who have gotten the vaccine and are getting covid it's like okay so are we going to hold those cases to the same standard as unvaccinated players or close contacts mm-hmm. and i think that's the million dollar question i think the nfl is probably in the middle of addressing that because it's just now becoming a cake or a problem mm-hmm. well i want to say it's a problem but it's just now come you're up. you're having breakthrough cases yeah you're having a lot, a lot more breakthrough cases of people who have been vaccinated so i think based i don't well I'll probably have more on it later. I, I off the top of my head, I don't know. Based off of, I remember when this announcement came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like the there might be 
not as severe a penalty if there's an outbreak with vaccinated players, if that makes sense. Like, they're saying if you're unvaccinated and there's an outbreak, then you're going to forfeit a game. Then you're going to be responsible for the loss of revenue. But if there's vaccinated, maybe you're not responsible for loss of revenue. Like, it's just maybe not as severe just Mm -hmm. because it's like they did try to prevent it as much as they could. Mm -hmm. Instead, I I mean, say what you... Whatever your opinion is on it, that's the NFL stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that if you're vaccinated? Yeah, we're, we're, we're not giving opinions. No, no. This not is yet, a, not yet. Uh, yeah, not yet. <laughs> um, no, the NFL stance is that if you're vaccinated, you are taking an effort in their eyes to prevent spread and and ability to get COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I think the punishment is less severe as opposed to an un, unvaccinated outbreak because they're saying they didn't do everything they could. Mm-hmm. In their eyes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, if you want something, here's just something a little a little petty. The Buccaneers got their Super Bowl rings, and they have 319 diamonds because it was a 31-9 win. Oh, my gosh. You can just skip over that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael Thomas is going to miss... The first six weeks of the season, at least, due to having ankle surgery in, in June. And this is a bit of a controversy because there is some question as to whether or not he could have gotten this surgery maybe in February and not missed any of the season. Yeah, that's uh, that, that doesn't bode well, especially for a receiver who, you know... It, it's been a while, I feel like, since he's been 100%, but when he has been 100%. I mean, he got hurt in game one last year. Yeah, when he has been 100%, you can make a case that he was probably one of the best wide receivers in the game, or if not the best. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just been a long time since you've heard Michael Thomas up in that discussion. Here's my other question for you. Um, with Michael Thomas specifically, it seems to me, and I don't, you know, obviously I don't know all the stuff. But it seems to me you never heard anything about Michael Thomas. He was very quiet. He got his big contract, and all of a sudden he's throwing things on Twitter. He's got he's got issues with the team last year. He's got more issues with the team now with this. It seems like he got the big contract, and it's almost like it's a different person than what it was the first three years of his career. Mm-hmm. Just goes to show you kids, money doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Unvaccinated players may face a $14,650 fine from the league every time they violate procedures. Um, just more like the severeness of the, what the protocols are mm-hmm. for unvaccinated. Um Let's see. Um, oh, the Madden. Madden ratings. Did we talk? I don't think. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, it was June when Madden. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams joined the 99 club. I had a few issues with the Madden ratings. Um, I mean, if you're a Colts fan, you always have issues with the Madden ratings. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, let me, let me find them real quick because I went over it with Casey a little bit. Um, I was throwing, it wasn't just the Colts stuff that kind of threw me off. Um, oh my, just so we're aware, 
uh, I googled Madden 22 ratings, and the first thing that comes up is the Madden 22 video game, mm-hmm. and the audience rating summary. And there's 2,317 ratings, and it's an average of 1.5 stars. Oh, yeah. Like, like the one is almost a full bar, and then you've got two, like, four is the lowest, three's the next lowest, two's the next lowest, they're all very close, and then five's got a little bit more, um, well, well, the but the one that, is almost the entire thing. Yeah, well, the reason why five has so many is because, like, yeah, you actually have Madden defenders out there who are trying to say, oh, you know, the haters don't know what they're talking about, and... <laughs> You know, this game is great and everything. Like, there are people out there. I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> EA's, like, paying them to do say that and whatnot. Or, well, I guess, you know, a lot of people do Madden for their Twitch stuff and YouTube and streaming and whatnot. So, they probably want to keep them. Uh, they probably want to keep yeah, so, in, a good, in a good view. Yeah, so, I guess there's that. But, and I, I don't know if you go through uh, either, like, Instagram or TikTok or Facebook... But every so often, you'll just see some of the Madden glitches, and they're awful. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey are with Devontae Adams in the 99 overall club. Look, Jalen Ramsey, I don't know if he's a 99. He's up there. I don't know if he's 99. I just feel like he's kind of gone quiet. I don't have really any issues with the 99s. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is then a 98. He was a 99 last year. I'm not sure how he goes down. That is true. Based on the year he had. Because, I mean, he had the most iconic play of the season. That is true. That is true. Um, Miles Garrett, Tyreek Hill, Zach Martin, all 98s. I don't get why Tyreek Hill's a 98. I mean, I mean, you're essentially saying he's the third best receiver behind Devontae and... Hopkins. Yeah, I just feel like Tyreek, like, he's a great route runner, and he does a great job of getting open, Mm -hmm. but, like, in terms of making the spectacular catch... I mean, he has some here. I mean, I'm not saying... He's a good receiver, but I never think of him when I think top five receivers. Yeah. I mean, it's probably only because Mahomes is his quarterback. Yeah. Um, the next tier down, 97s, Christian McCaffrey coming down from a 99, which is somewhat to be expected. Yeah, he had an injury. Stephon Diggs is a 97, Stephon Gilmore is a 97, and Tom Brady is a 97. I mean, at this point, yeah, I mean, you just can't be surprised with Tom Brady, like... Well, but a 97, we're a little delusional, are we not? I mean, yeah. However, however, the last time we saw Brady, he did perform well in the Super Bowl. So, like... Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a 96. David Bakhtiari is a 96. By the way, Aaron Rodgers won league MVP. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, Derrick Henry is a 96. George Kittle is a 96. Cleo Mack and Nick Chubb, 96s. Okay. And then Dalvin Cook's a 95. I'm waiting for it to... Jer Alexander's a 95. Julio Jones, Quentin Nelson, Taron Armstead, Tyron Matthew, 95s. I think Quentin Nelson's a little low on that. I mean, everyone knows he's the best offensive lineman in the league. Yeah. Um, I think he was rated the best offensive lineman, but still the best offensive lineman's a 95. Yeah. Well, no, the 
According to them, it's David Bakhtiari. Is a 96. What team does he play for? He's the Packers, left tackle. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Um, Alvin Kamara, Chandler Jones, Fletcher Cox, Fred Warner, J.J. Watt, Michael Thomas, Russell Wilson, T.J. Watt, Trent Williams, 94s. I feel like T.J. Watt might be a little low. Yeah, Buda Baker, Cameron Jordan, Darren Waller, Keenan Allen, Levante David, Ronnie Stanley, Tredavious White, Vaughn Miller, 93s. Honestly, I'm not sure I'd give Vaughn and Miller a 93. At this point, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Great player in his once upon a time, but I just feel like he hasn't done a whole lot. Now, maybe that could just be Denver's success in general, but... Now, here's my biggest beef. Let me find it here. Um... Oh, where'd it go? Loading. Okay. So, let me give you this list, Ben. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, Fred Warner, TJ Watt, Levante David, Vaughn Miller, Bobby Wagner, Joey Bosa, Demario Davis, Eric Kendricks. What do they have in common? They're like outside linebackers, right? They are all linebackers that are ahead of Darius Leonard in Madden ratings. Darius Leonard is an 89 overall with Zadarius Smith out of Green Bay. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the disrespect on Darius Leonard. I I really don't. He's like one of the best to play. Like, you could argue he's best or second best linebacker behind Fred Warner. I yeah. mean, Fred Warner is the only one that's maybe better than him. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, TJ Watt's great. Chandler Jones, great. Well, Khalil Mack. But none of them are doing the numbers that Darius Leonard's doing. Well, and it's hard because Madden is so dumb that, you know, there are, depending on your defensive alignment, some of those guys are acting as defensive ends, not outside linebackers, whereas Darius Leonard... Yeah, like Joey Bosa's not a linebacker. Yeah, and neither is Von Miller. Von Miller is an outside edge rusher. Yeah. But, you know, because he's an outside linebacker... You know, occasionally he'll go in zone, but he's rushing the quarterback every time. And so it's like Madden needs to, like, you know, it's one of the biggest complaints of Madden nowadays. It's like, no, you can't be having outside linebackers. You can either have interior linebackers or outside rushers and get rid of the ends and outside linebackers. Also, I don't know what they changed in their rating system. On the second page of quarterbacks, you got Carson Wentz is a 72 overall. And so is Daniel Jones and Andy Dalton. I mean, Carson Wentz has just gotten a whole lot of hate. Like, I mean, not, not, I, not in, the, in the recent Sam years. Darnold's a 71. I mean, like, they've had bad years, but I would, I and at least growing up, like, if you were a 71 quarterback, you barely made the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gardner Minshew's a 69 the, overall. Mitch they, Trubisky's they, a 69. I think it was about maybe a year or two ago they really handicapped the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um. 
Like, but you know, the most bizarre thing I hear about that, you know, you get Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, those are starters in the NFL. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick got an 81 overall rating, and he's been out of the <laughs> league for three to four years. And it, his last year in the league wasn't was, very good. was not good whatsoever. I mean, even the rookies, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Zach Wilson's a 75. Justin Fields is a 74. Trey Lance is a 74. Like, even those guys. Tua is a 73. Like, even all these guys who I would say aren't even, you know... I mean, just... I guess we're waiting to see on Justin Fields. I haven't seen anything out of Zach Wilson that makes me think he's going to be incredible. See, see... Here's here's where the whole point of why Madden has become the way it is. It's all about hype. People are hyped to play as these rookie quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. Bears fans are getting the game. They want to play as Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence is a 78, which I agree with. Yeah. and um, But if you're a Colts fan, you're not getting Madden game to play quarterback as Carson Wentz. You're just kind of like, yeah, let's, let's get a Madden game. Let's play as the Colts. Yeah. You're not looking forward to playing as Carson Wentz. So guess what? His ratings is going to suffer because it's not going to sell you anything. Yeah. However, if you're a Bears fan, Justin Fields, yeah, bump that rating up. Yeah. Uh, Jets fans, yeah, bump that rating up. They'll get the game to play as Zach Wilson. They're all hyped about it. Justin Herbert is an 80, which I would argue he could at least be an 87 based on how he played last year. Yes, but in that regard, you know, there's not a whole lot of Chargers fans, so like... <laughs> Kyler Murray's an 82. Um, Derek Carr's an 81. He's right in the middle of them. See, that's surprising me, Derek Carr. You're going to love Baker's an 84. Um, I mean, that's hype right there. That's total <laughs> hype. Uh, Tannehill and Prescott are 87s. Josh Allen's an 88. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a 90. M- Lamar's a 91. Russell's a 94. Rodgers is a 96. And Brady's a 97. And Mahomes is a 99. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, oh, I got Patrick Mahomes. Okay, 99. Oh, I got Carson Wentz, 72. There's not almost 30 points overall difference between Mahomes and Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like, don't get us wrong. No. Yeah. I, I, Mahomes is the best player in the league right now. Yeah. But Carson Wentz could be a 79 or an 82. Yeah, because, like, you know, a lot of people are probably sick and tired of hearing about Carson Wentz's 2017 year. But, you know, that was back when he had weapons. He had good coaching. He hasn't had that since then. Yeah. I would like to say he has that this year. I'm not saying we're going to see 2007 Carson Wentz, but I'm saying, you know, I'm expecting Carson Wentz to have a back bounce back year. Mm-hmm. Now maybe he just needs to prove that for his rating, but like even the Madden update ratings, they never really improve Mm-mm. that much. Like he'll probably be bumped up to at least a seventy five unless he has an MVP year. Yeah. Um. So I just share this because I think it's funny. The Packers had a meeting with their shareholders. You know, the Packers are a publicly traded. Like they don't have an owner. Yeah. Um, so they had a meeting with the shareholders and Mark Murphy praised Brian Gutenkuntz saying that he was the right man for the job and someone in the shareholders crowd shouted, I've never seen him throw a touchdown. (laughs) And I just enjoy that.
Uh, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's a true statement. I'll give it that, but yeah. So <laughs> not right, exactly the most professional way of going about it. I mean, it's a shareholder. It's a fan of the team. Yeah, they're, they're on Roger's side. I, I, I'm just curious though, like. Almost anyone can buy a share of the Packers. So, like, how yeah. big was this meeting? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, I think they just have to open it up, and whoever shows up, shows up. Mm. Um, let's see. The Cowboys signed Malik Hooker, which is just interesting if you're a Colts fan. Um, let's see if Malik can stay healthy on the Cowboys. And if he does, he's dead to me. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Colts absolutely let him walk. Like he was out there for a while. Like he yeah, was, this was more recent. Yeah, I mean, I think we let him walk because he didn't stay healthy a single year. Yeah. But now, if he goes to Dallas and stays healthy, I mean, we saw he can be a great player. Yeah. If he goes to Dallas and stays healthy, I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought because like we didn't we could have picked up his fifth year option. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's that's that, the thing that leads to an extension, and it's just a whole other thing. Um, we thought that Xavier Howard might be uh, available for trade because he was having a contract dispute and wanted to be traded, um, but then they ended up fixing that. Uh, Rogers did eventually get back in the building. That has opened up, you know, when Rodgers was out, then Devontae was done talking about any extension for him. Bakhtiari was, I mean, players on the Packers were completely behind Rodgers. Yeah. Um, Rodgers is back. Now they're talking with them more. There still hasn't been any deals done um, with other star players, but I think they're waiting to see what happens in this next offseason and if Rodgers is able to go or not. Um, Rodgers did have a press conference, and he hit it out park. He was very candid, said everything, and it made the Packers look terrible. Yeah, I don't think I quite heard that press conference, but it, it, it almost looked like for there for a little bit, because it looked like they were both having press conferences back and forth, that they were just playing, uh, kind of pointing fingers a little bit, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. <clears throat> but they, you know, they asked, Oh, it happened here, and Rogers said, "This is what happened, and here's what I thought about it." And he went back to even listing former players that mm-hmm. have left the Packers, like Julius Peppers and Charles Woodson, and this and that, saying he didn't like to appreciate the way that they were reached out to, and that he talked to them, and they weren't happy with the way that they were they exited the organization. I mean, he just, I mean, it was a total. If you're a if you're a player in the NFL, that was a total press conference that you were watching to see how it's going to affect the future of how organizations treat players or how they're going to think about treating players because he went very in depth on the respect of players, the respect of how they exit, the respect of this and that. And, um, and I think it, it definitely, it it definitely did. It wasn't good for the Packers the next few days. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The Colts extended Braden Smith, four years, $72.4 million. Um, so they got their right tackle locked down. Yep, that's a start. It's a start. Um, let's see. 
they did end up part they reworked Rogers deal and the 2023 year is voided. Apparently Adams and the Packers didn't see eye to eye. They were using Hopkins tr- contract as the benchmark for Adams, which is what you typically do. Um apparently they didn't they aren't seeing the same way there. Um oh, we missed this. It this is so Wentz and well, first we get Carson Wentz is out indefinitely with a foot injury. Yep. Um at the second day of first day of training camp. Um he had to have surgery, get this bone taken out. Apparently it's some high school injury that just flared up. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect timing for the Colts. Yep. Um and the timetable was five to twelve weeks, and then we found out what three days later that Quentin Nelson had the same exact thing, but not not same exact thing, but it Nelson was a it was a irregular growth thing. Yeah, it was the literally the same procedure. The problem was Nelson's wasn't from a previous injury; it was just something that it was like grew. genetic. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so then they're both on five to twelve, which is a big deal in Colts land. Yeah. Have Quentin Nelson and. Carson Wentz, um, and let's see, um, so yeah, we got through that. Right now, as we record this, there's a lot of optimism. They said the surgeries went about as well as they could. Um, they're eyeing the week one to week two return. I think for each of them, um. So that's positive. The only problem now is that T.Y. Hilton may be out for the season with this disc injury in his in his neck. Now, I, Frank Reich said he's optimistic that it's not out for season, but the fact that he has to say he's optimistic it's not out for season makes me think it's a pretty significant injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was put on IR. He's gonna he has to miss at least the first three weeks of the season, um, but he did not get put on the pub list, which is actually a good sign because if you're on the pub list you have to miss the first six weeks of the season. So he was not put on that list. So I'd probably say they're wanting to at least four to five weeks because it sounded like, you know, the more information they were getting, it looked like Chris Ballard, what his comments were saying. I had seen some recent comments saying that he's optimistic that T.Y. is it going to, the way he's proceeding, is going to be ahead of schedule on his return and that they're optimistic that they will get their guys back. But... If this Colts wide receiver core stays healthy, I don't think, like, obviously when T.Y. comes back, it's only going to benefit. But with what we have right now, I think we can last. Because I think, I think, I think they're serviceable. Very, I but think, it would be nice to have T.Y. Oh, it would most certainly be nice to have T.Y., but I think this wide receiver core is very underrated. Like, if I were to tell you the players on the Colts wide receiver chart to anyone else in the league, they're like, yeah, that's probably not that good. I think it's underrated. Like, I think Campbell can make a name for himself. I'm looking for Pittman to have it's a It's underrated year. if they play. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying. Because last year, Pittman was hurt. Campbell was hurt. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I If they play, it is a very underrated but, but I think that's part of the reason they would be underrated. Is because you say some of the names and people would just assume... They're probably going to get hurt. Yeah. Because that's... Paris Campbell has been hurt every single year. And he has shown no capability of being healthy. Yeah. Um, but but he looked good in some uh, preseason games. Um, the Colts are very high on uh, Mike Strong. Oh, yeah. 
Blah. Yeah. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy play. The guy's like six foot five, built like a machine. And, like, he looks like he can play the part. Mm hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing There's a him. heck of a seventh round draft pick if it turns out to be what we think it could be. Yeah. Well, here's why, like, I did a little research and, like, okay, so why is a guy like this going in the seventh round? Well, he went to a D2 school, and his school actually opted out last year of a football season. So, oh, he, so didn't, he didn't even play last didn't, year. He didn't play last year. So, like, I don't... The Colts must have saw something in him from his previous years, and he must have stayed in really good shape. Obviously, the size remained there. and mm-hmm. So, hopefully, the Colts just got a huge steal. Yeah. Um, Devontae Smith was already hurt, uh, missing two to three weeks with a sprained MCL in Philadelphia. Um, Justin Fields, this guy has so much buzz around him. Mm-hmm. He's getting the reviews that were coming out of camp were crazy. Everyone just talking about how great he is. He goes and plays in like some preseason games. He has looked very, very good. Now, mm-hmm. The I think the Bears are still going to end up going with Andy Dalton in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's fair because they're playing the Rams. And yeah. you don't want Justin Fields to go out there against Aaron Donald in his first ever game. And it's a Sunday night game, too. Oh. In Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't... Let, let Dalton take that. <laughs> yeah, let Dalton look bad in front of the national audience. Um, yeah, that makes more sense. You don't want Justin Fields' first ever game to be a national audience against Aaron Donald. Um, on the road. <laughs> yeah, on the road, yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to be much longer than... I mean, heck, if it goes way bad in the first half, Fields might be the starter by the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin Fields, for sure, had probably the best camp and training camp of all the rookie quarterbacks. Because... Trevor Lawrence, like, okay, he has the Jaguars, I get it. But he didn't look great until the last preseason game. Um, Zach Wilson actually had a pretty decent preseason, but nothing special. Trey Lance, he had some sparks, but for the most part, it wasn't great. Um, and Mac Jones was mostly game managing, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Had some fights in training camp. I don't know if you want to go into that at all, but... I, I don't remember really any of the fights. There was one with the Panthers, one with the Giants. Um, I don't know. I mean, there Joe Judge just kind of had... It was a... I mean, he just kind of, like, did the whole... He made them run and do push-ups till they didn't want to or couldn't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. See, 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 here's my take on this. I don't mind a little bit of a skirmish just as much as like, you know, after the practice, it's done. It's done between the both of you. Um, you know, obviously if you're throwing punches, you know, they, they need to separate. But if like, if it's just like, you know, pulling, pushing on shoulder pads or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think I kind of let it in the Giants one. I think Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of the pile, though, I think was the big. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, then then they run into pushups and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like on Hard Knocks, they had, they had a thing in camp and you heard just a coach go, stay away from the effing quarterback. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I think it was hilarious. Robert Mathis told a story one time about his rookie year. He got a little too close to Peyton Manning. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he got chewed out. Yeah. Um, we had the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, this year, well, they did both. They did 2020 on Saturday night and 2021 on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, inductees, this was the year Peyton uh, Manning goes in the Hall of Fame. Edger and James went in. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know like Troy Paul Mala went in, but I think he was 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head now. I don't remember everything. Uh, Calvin 2021. Calvin Johnson went in on the with Peyton and Edger and Woodson. Was that the year? Charles Woodson. He might have been 2020. Uh, Isaac Bruce or Troy Holt. Isaac Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 2020. John Lynch. John Lynch was I think 2020. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, there's some good speeches though. The Hall of Fame really cut down on. I mean, that it seemed like they were pretty strict on the like you got eight minutes or something mm-hmm. to give your speech. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like for the most part, people stuck to that, um, which I think makes it a better show. I don't. I think it could be a little longer, but I think because it had been so abused in the past, like Ray Lewis is probably still giving his Hall of Fame speech right now. <laughs> um, it had been so abused in the past, yeah, that they cut it so short. But I think it's a better product because it moves it along. It does, it does, uh, especially, you know, when people are going in the Hall of Fame and, like, I think you 90% could, of the fan base doesn't even know who they are. Yeah, well, I think you could give them 15 minutes. Yeah. But the fact that they've been going, what, 40, 30 minutes mm-hmm. for a lot of them over the past few years, they cut it to eight, and people kind of stuck with that, and it was much It was much easier to watch. Yeah. And, and, and much easier, I mean, you're not... Starting the Hall of Fame ceremony at seven o'clock, and then at one a.m. you're still going. Yeah. Uh, eight minutes. So that is so short. Because Marvin Harrison, he didn't have the shortest one, but he had one of the shortest ones, and his was still nine minutes. Yeah. So eight eight minutes was really short. I loved Pey- how Peyton Man just like Peyton Man stole the show for me. Of course, I Peyton Man's gonna be commissioner someday. Yeah, you know. I just can't say it. There's not enough words to say about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning to me is like Ryan Reynolds to anyone else, you know. He can do no wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I did like the Isaac Bruce speech when he said, um, he said he was in high school or college and someone said he wouldn't be drafted or something because um, they just didn't like the way how he did something or something. And he said, so I would just like to ask now that I'm standing up here, how you like me now. <laughs> and Edger and James, you know, he had the, my career started with gold teeth and it ended with this gold jacket. That line I really liked. I liked Edger's speech. It was, it was a little, uh, I forget how I originally said it. It's a little unorthodox, but then yeah. again, that's Edger and James for you. So yeah. I, I, mean, I appreciate I think, that. I think he really, he really leaned into the, he leaned into the, like, people who look like me, he was like, people were always surprised when they asked me if I'd been to prison, and I said no. <laughs> like, he's like, the people who look like me come where I come from, this isn't really anything that we expect, is stuff like this, and um, and then he, you know, threw open the jacket, he's like, look at me, I'm 
inmate number three four nine in the Canton football you know, in the Canton rehabilitation facility or something you know and mm-hmm. um and so yeah it was it was cool getting some personality in the speech as opposed to just like thank you to my coach and thank you to my mom and thank you to my you know like yep. how, how they all go um Darius Leonard signed his five-year, $98.5 million extension with the Colts to make him the highest-paid linebacker in history. If we'd have signed him, you know, a month earlier, we'd have gotten him for five years, 95, and saved a couple million. But um, but getting these players locked in, we got Braden Smith locked down, got Darius Leonard locked down, Quentin Nelson will be next year. Yep. Um, making sure that we get those pieces you know, locked in for the long term. Yep. Definitely, I'm looking forward to... Definitely looking forward to seeing Leonard out there again. I'm excited. Just got his jersey after he... Well, I got his jersey, like, literally a day before he signed his huge contract. Yeah. I think it's funny, though. We were at training camp, and someone had shouted, Darius, get that money, and he just kind of turns and grins. (laughs) Little did we know he was, he was about ready. To <laughs> Speaking of which, we were at camp, and that was maybe the only intelligent thing we heard around us the whole day. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are Colts fans on this podcast, but we will not, we will, you know, we will not argue with anybody over if their fan base is better than ours. Yeah, I, I will say that. Like, uh,. I, when it comes, Fox Sports is doing like the best fan bases right now, and it's like fan voting, and so like you know the more popular teams, the more hated teams have already been eliminated, such as the Cowboys, the Patriots, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the Colts advance to the second round. I'm like, that is false. No, that, that is, is not false. not true. <laughs> My favorite line is still, uh, "How do you guys tell them apart with their helmets on?" It's like oh they got numbers. The numbers are different. Like, what do you mean? That literally happens. Someone behind us says, "How do you know how who they are with it, with their helmets on?" And I'm just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> and and this isn't like a little kid or anything. Full it's, grown adult. Yeah, uh, grown adults are talking behind us. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I can't remember some of the other stuff that said because like I, I remember I remember someone I remember someone was saying that Nick we should be tra- trading for Nick Foles, and um and someone said something like he's the third string on the Bears and he said he's the best third stringer in the league and I said I will give you that mm-hmm. on Nick Foles I will give you that he is the best of all the third stringers yeah <laughs> I am not gonna advocate at all that we trade for him yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if we knew Wentz was going to be gone for, like, a much larger portion, but it was just so unknown at the time, I, th- yeah. I didn't want to give up any assets for him. Oh, no. Um, let's see. Justin Jefferson got a sprained AC joint. Um, Jamal Adams... And Dwayne Brown holding out. I think Jamal Adams ended up getting his deal worked out. I'm not sure about Dwayne Brown. Um, Joe Hayden wanted to get a contract extension before 
going into the last year of his contract, but he didn't get that. He will he will play out the last year. Um, real quick, <laughs> Suns and Clippers. Uh, the Suns won. Okay. Um, that, I'm not gonna. You know. Um, Pat Beverly shoved Chris Paul. That's the only thing I'm gonna make sure you know is Pat Beverly's still worthless. Yeah. Um, the Bucks and the Hawks. The Bucks won. Um, in six. Um, that was the series where Giannis, we thought maybe like was out for a year. Yeah. Because he got he bent his knee back the wrong way and yeah. it looked horrible. It looked horrible. Um, like. Until they announced that it wasn't torn, I thought he would be out for a year. But then after that, I was like, okay, he may return about halfway through the series. Little did I know he returned for the entire series. Yeah, no. (laughs) I think Giannis thought he was done for a year after that injury. I mean, like, everyone just kind of, like, like the Bucks won. And then everyone was like, well, this sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We thought we weren't going to see Giannis play at least until the next season. Um, and then he ended up coming back, like you said, game playing game one mm-hmm. of the few days later. Um, the let's see, a lot of this stuff is just too old. Um, and so it's like we could mention it, but what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Olympics did happen, mm-hmm. Team USA struggled. Um, they ended up still winning gold over France in the final round. Talk about basketball here. <laughs> oh yeah. Um the uh the uh uh Slovenia mm-hmm. led by Luca they they got fourth. And I think it's cuz Luca got hurt at the very end he hurt his wrist or something. Mm-hmm. But um it was looking like Slovenia might get a medal, and if they, if Slovenia would have gotten a medal, that would have been a whole nother level for Luka Doncic. Yeah, and just to put this in perspective, Slovenia getting a gold would have meant more than the United States getting gold. That that's just how you mean more than the NBA Finals. Well, I mean, no, no, no. I'm just trying to put it in perspective between the two countries. Everyone, I mean, everyone expects the USA to win. Yeah, goal. everyone expects like, the USA. Slovenia isn't even expected to make the tournament. Yeah, that that's a, that's what I was trying to emphasize. Yeah. If Slovenia would have gotten bronze, like, yeah, gold's better than bronze, but at the same time... Oh, so was, you said both getting gold. That, is that what you meant? Slovenia getting bronze would have meant more than yeah, USA than winning gold? Yeah, the United getting gold. Yeah, okay. You said gold for both, and so oh, that kind of... Yeah, so that's where I got confused. Um, yeah, if Slovenia got a bronze, it would have been way more than... USA winning gold. Yeah. So, I kind of would have really liked to see US go against Slovenia. Yeah. I think, I thought, that the ratings that would have gotten, sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, let's see, even still, the USA struggled with France, Mm -hmm. and I don't get it. Because France, granted, France does have a few NBA players, Mm -hmm. but their NBA players are like, not it was like Evan Fournier was like their lead scorer and Rudy Gobert I, it was like okay that they got like role guys mm-hmm. we have the best of well not the best of the best because not everyone went but we have you know an all-star team 13 of the top 25 players yeah 
And I think the point of the the part of it is they just weren't motivated. Well, okay. no, here's my take. And this is my hot take. Is okay. Popovich even that good of a coach? Mm. Because everyone says Greg Popovich, well, they say Phil Jackson's the best coach ever. Mm-hmm. Then they say Popovich, you know, because of the Spurs and everything. How I, I, I want to say Tim Duncan's just that good of a player. Because the Spurs were amazing, and Popovich was great. What's happened since Tim Duncan left? Greg Popovich has run Kawhi out of town. The Spurs are completely irrelevant. He takes over the Team USA in his first year. This is the first time taking over Team USA. They lose two uh, exhibition games and then struggle going through the tournament. Yeah. I, I mean, Team USA has been the most dominant, and everyone's saying the other countries are catching up. They're not catching up that fast. Like I said, France had Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert. We had 13 of the top 25 players in the world. Mm-hmm. They had a couple players that come off the bench for the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I don't want to take too much away from Popovich, but I do think you do have a, a good point there. Um, I think the game has just left Popovich's era. I think Popovich was a good coach, but the game's just been changing so much because, you know, he thrived with the bigs, and, you know, it's just not a bigs league anymore. It's yeah. all about, can you shoot the three, uh, get behind the arc, can your bigs go out and shoot a three? Mm. Um, and so it's not pass the ball down inside and get an easy bucket anymore. Mm. Um, I would say some trade rumors, but they're not worth, I mean, they were worth something at the time. They would have been fun, but not mm-hmm. so much anymore now. Um, let's see. Chauncey Billups was hired to be the Portland head coach. Um, let's see. Sun's assistant Willie Green will be the Pelicans head coach. Kawhi Leonard underwent surgery to repair a partially torn ACL. And we'll be out for about a year. So th- everyone was wondering why Kawhi wasn't playing. And they weren't telling anybody anything mm-hmm. there at the end of the year. So it sounds like this is what it is. He had a partially torn ACL. The Clippers might not make the playoffs next year because he hasn't played for a full year. And this is from June, right? Mm-hmm. Or May. So, you know, whatever. So he won't be coming back until like maybe April, March is what they're looking at. Yeah. That's going to be towards, I mean, the season starts in October. Yeah. And the season, like the finals are in June. Mm-hmm. So are the Clippers going to be able to A, make the playoffs and make that year even worth anything? Mm-hmm. Or is it just going to be a lost year? He did um, get an extension with the Clippers because he would have been up. And that's what part of the you know excitement might have been. What if Kawhi opts out, and he goes to the Mavericks, and plays with Luca mm-hmm. and Porzingis, or he goes to Miami, but then he got hurt. He gets this partially torn ACL. He just re ups with the Clippers for four years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul George has done the same. Mm-hmm. But is this just going to be a lost year for Clippers, or well, look. I don't know about the offseason moves the Clippers have made, but judging by the way the team played last year without Kawhi, it's going to be hard for them to like completely miss the playoffs, especially with the play-in still in effect. 
They got to be top ten in the West. Yeah, and well, there's what fifteen teams in the West, so I don't sixteen. Sixteen. Well, no, yeah, fifteen. Sorry. Yeah, there's fifteen teams in the West. Like I, I have a hard time thinking they're a bottom five West team. Here's the thing: the West is so deep, though. Is the only thing because, like, for instance, last year the Pelicans didn't make the play in. Mm-hmm. And Zion's going to be another year in, and Ingram's going to be another year in. That team should, should. They've got a new Suns assistant head coach. They should be getting better each year. Yeah, I, I'm just... The Warriors barely made it last year. Yeah. They'll be back in it. Mm-hmm. They should, and they should be better as well. They're supposed, they'll are they get Clay back. Mm-hmm. They've got another draft pick that's coming in. Like, the... um, The Lakers will be better. They won't be in the play-in given if everyone's healthy. They mm-hmm. aren't going to be in the play-in again. Um... The West is so deep. I think it's it's going to be close at the bottom there. Yeah. The Grizzlies will be better. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, you still have, you know, Paul George as the superstar. Well, not superstar, just the star. Uh, and, you know, if you get him some good role players around him, I think they'll be a fairly good team. Because they... They played well with Kawhi Leonard, with Kawhi not being in there. Yeah. And Paul George has played the role before as being the head player. And I think he actually performs better when he is in that role. Problem is he's not talented enough to be that kind of thing. Mm. So Paul George is just in a weird spot. I don't think he knows how to play a two. He can play a one. He's just not talented enough for a one. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, no team's making deep playoff runs with him as a one. Yeah. But he can play the role, and I think he plays better in that. In role. that role, yeah. Um, Luca is going to be the cover of the regular edition of Two K this year. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, there was some Olympic. Bradley Beal had to leave the Olympic team due to COVID protocol. Love, Kevin Love had to leave the Olympic team due to injury. Um, they replaced him with Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee. I mean, this team wasn't, uh, granted, not the best of the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, well, this is the best the USA even had to offer. Like, JaVale McGee should not be on an Olympic team. Yeah. Um, they, let's see. There's a lot of speculation on Damian Lillard, if he's going to stick around or want to trade or something. But right now, nothing's coming. Nothing's really, um... I think the only trade that could even, like, really happen is, like, Ben Simmons to Portland and, like, you know, five first-round picks yeah. just for Damian Lillard. Just, but as of right now, I don't see a whole lot of talent that you can really shift around this late in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about it much. There's probably a couple a couple moves that people would be willing to make, but but at the same time, they're wanting to do a solid by Dame and put him on a contender. Mm-hmm. So that also limits the options. Because there are teams that you could probably make a move for Dame for. Yeah. But you're not going to send him to Minnesota. You know, yeah. like, stuff like that. Um, the finals. <laughs> the Suns and the Bucks. Um, Giannis came back game one, and he played very well the entire time. Yeah. He, he had, um, 
what was it? So game two, he had 42, 14, and four. Mm-hmm. I think the first game he had almost like 20 and 20. Yeah. Um, and that, and he didn't, and, it, and that was him coming off the knee and seeming like he was not that big a factor. Yeah. Um, game two, he had 42, 14, and four. It was a near perfect game. He was 30 in the second half, 20 in the third, which is the most in a finals quarter since Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, Just and, had no help in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, game three, so the Suns were up 2 0. Yeah. The Bucks then took game three. Giannis had 41, 13, and six. Um, and then game four, Giannis had a block on an alley oop to Aiton that mm-hmm. is being going to be remembered as one of the best blocks of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the key final moments. Um, Booker had 42 points and seven fouls, which has never been done before in an NBA game. Um, mostly because we foul out with six, but somehow he got seven. Um, because they just refused, he got five fouls and they refused to call another foul on him. Uh, there was one, the guy was going down. I don't know if you remember. They, it was a fast break, guy going down, and Devin Booker intentionally wrapped him up to stop the basket, and they called no foul. <laughs> and it was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> oh, I remember that. That was completely all ball. Um, <laughs> um, let's see, Chris Paul struggled in that game. Um, game five, uh, it seemed like the refs were still struggling a bit, but game five was maybe the only game of the entire year where Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis all played well at the same time. I mean, they essentially, well, I wouldn't say they had to, but like, they were on the road, you know... The Bucks had the momentum, but the Suns knew they could get that back with a Game 5 win at home. Yeah. And the, so all three of them needed to play really well, and they all did. And that had the Drew Holiday Giannis play, where Holiday stole it from Booker. In the in the final seconds, Booker was going in for a mid-range to tie the game. Mm-hmm. And it was stolen by Holiday. And normally, when you would just go dribble it out, he throws it up super high, and Giannis has the alley-oop. Uh, and one with Chris Paul. Um, which was another going to be forever remembered iconic finals moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in game six, game six, so it's three two bucks. Mm-hmm. We're in Milwaukee. Game six, that was one of the best individual games I have ever watched. Giannis had 15, 14, and 5 blocks on both ends of the floor, all around. That was one of the best games by a player I have ever seen. And he was the only player, now he's the only player with two 20-point final quarters in the last 50 years, because he had another 20-point quarter in that game. Um, he was 17 of 19 from the free throw line, which was, where did that come from? For Giannis, because typically, you know, he's not very good at them. The Bucks become the champions. Giannis is the finals MVP. Um, how uh, Monty Williams came into the Bucks locker room to congratulate them. But the So there's two storylines here. One, I'm happy because Gian, I love Giannis. Yeah, he it, seems it, like, it's hard to hate on Giannis. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. Um, it was an amazing series by him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was clearly the best player in the series. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and so that's what you always kind of like. Like, when I root 
for, it reminded me when I root for LeBron in years past, and it's like LeBron's the best player in the series, mm-hmm. but he's playing Steph, Clay, KD, and Draymond, who are just collectively a better team. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice to see the best player also win. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this does come with a crushing blow to Chris Paul, who yeah. is in year sixteen. Yeah, and. You know, everyone, the Suns got there and everyone said, this is the years. Chris Paul's finally going to get one. Mm-hmm. And after being on a bunch of good teams that have had bad, and bad exits, like blown leads, this, Chris Paul, this is another series that goes on his resume. I think it's the fourth time he's been up 2-0 in a series and lost the series. Mm-hmm. So what does this do for Chris Paul's legacy, losing this finals? Well... It's hard for this series because, like, you think about the series, did Chris Paul choke or did Giannis take it over? And the easy answer is Giannis took this series over. It, yes. Like, and so I don't, I don't think... We there sh- were some games, though, where Chris Paul performed badly. Oh, I, that is fair. It looked like Chris Paul was running out of gas a little bit. Yeah. Because it, it's a long finals, and... You know, it's a real shame because, you know, they, they were able to get a 4-0 sweep against Denver. And not to mention they were able to get um, uh, get the Clippers out in six games. And the Bucks still had, I think, to finish at least one or two more games against the Hawks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had their rest. It's just... I don't know. It's tough to evaluate... How are the Suns going to get back, and how are they going to win? Because in terms of the East, their good teams all have a really good big. Like, you know, yeah. Kevin Durant. Uh, I mean, the Suns have Aiden. Young. Well, Aiden's good. He's not great. Okay, so you're saying that in the East they have superstar bigs. Yeah. The Nets don't, though. Well, I mean, I, Kevin Durant's not, like, a big, but he's a big body and a big player, and he can make things happen. Yeah. So, and so Kevin Durant, he's just going to be tough to defend, and I don't... Like, who you, who on the Suns is going to defend Kevin Durant? I would say, without looking at it, all the adjustments that have been made, just mm-hmm. based on last year's team, I would say they, were, they would be putting Jay Crowder and uh, maybe Bridges... Yeah, and, bo- and bodies like that on Durant. Yeah, which I don't think... No, I'm not good. saying that it'd be effective. You asked who they were going to put on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then also going, you know, sticking with the East. Embiid, uh, you know, he's another team. You know, you know, another. I mean, that Embiid would be, we need Aiton to step up. Yeah. So, it, it it's, it's so hard. I don't know what the Suns have done this offseason, but... They need. They re-signed so, Chris Paul to four years. I I know that. Like I was a little unsure if that was the right move because if you ask me, there were games where I'm like, I think Cameron Payne's the best point guard up to this point. Like, whoa, Payne had some really good games. He had some good games. And the, the, I think in games where Chris Paul struggled, Cameron Payne really stepped it up. And so. I mean, that's just my view. I don't really follow the NBA throughout the regular season, so I don't really know, you know, how these players, you know, perform during that time. But from what I watched in the 
playoffs, I thought Payne was actually pretty decent. I think what you don't get from Payne, like Chris Paul completely shifted the mindset of the organization. Oh, yeah. I think what you don't get from Payne is the leadership that Chris Paul brings. Yeah. But, you know, putting, you know, Crowder, Aiton, like, I don't think you're just going to win a finals with those guys. Yeah. Like, they remind me a lot of the Miami Heat that went to the finals in the bubble. They were a great team. They had, you know... The Lakers were hurt. They made it through, you know, kind of a fluke kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't think... My, or I don't think the Suns was as big of a fluke out no. of Miami. No, But I not. feel like the teams remind me of something similar. Yeah. Like Tyler Hero and Devin Booker. Obviously, Booker is better. Yeah. But the way Tyler was playing, they were kind of a little bit similar at that point. Yeah. Yeah, at that point. And then I think Crowder was on both those teams, yeah. <laughs> ironically. And, uh, you know, you kind of have Butler and uh, Chris Paul, the veteran. Obviously, Chris Paul, a little bit more of a stable leader than Butler, but Butler was still a good person to have yeah. in the locker room. So many factors that yeah. are just similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis had a celebration. Uh, he went to Chick-fil-A, and he took the trophy. He had the trophy in between his legs. Yeah, Chick-fil-A drive through and he ordered 50 chicken minis because he got 50 points. And it was a fun Instagram video. Um, right after Middleton Holiday and Booker all went to the Olympic team, like immediately, like the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, good for Booker. At least he get walks away with a gold medal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Grizzlies had a trade. They're sending Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, Pick number 17 and pick number 51 to the Pelicans for Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and pick number 10, pick number 40, and the 2022 first via the Lakers. Um, I forget which team. One of those teams was offloading salary cap. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was the Pelicans um, between Adams and Bledsoe. Um, but Valanciunas is a, is a solid... I think Valanciunas is underrated. He is so big. He gets so many rebounds, and he can also score. Um, I think he's a bit underrated. I think he's a good piece that'll fit in in New Orleans. Um, the play-in tournament is officially back. The dates are set for April 12th through the 15th. Um, Don't get me. You know, I'm not trying to you know hate on the NBA, but I, I just think it's entirely pointless. It's entirely pointless, but the ratings they got from Lakers Warriors, which granted they should never have that matchup ever again for yeah. the play in, but the ratings they got, I knew no matter the every other game in the tournament was a terrible game. Yeah, pretty much. But the ratings they got from that one game made it worth having that having that tournament. It it, it just didn't make sense because what was it? There was like one upset, I think. And yeah, the Grizzlies. Even... Yeah, it it worked against the NBA. The Grizzlies got into the playoffs instead of the Warriors. Yeah, like so. So in the first round, you had Jazz versus Morant instead of Jazz versus Steph. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and that was the only upset. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The Jazz traded Derek Favors in a future first to the 
to Oklahoma City for a future second. I'm guessing that's just salary cap stuff because you wouldn't send all that for a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nets traded Landry Shamit to the Suns for Javon Carter and a 29th pick. That's not going to make a huge difference. I mean, Shamit's a shooter, but there, he's, there's a reason he's been on three teams now in the last year. Um, the Lakers traded... This was a big one. The Lakers traded... Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Kyle Kuzma, and the number twenty-two pick. Thought I was gonna. S- it's still, it's lingering there. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's awful. Um, ow. Um, but they traded all of that to the Wizards for Russell Westbrook and two for future seconds. So the Lakers make the trade for Russell Westbrook. I will say immediately, I was like, why? Westbrook does not fit anything they need. But here's my theory before you give me your thoughts. I think Russell Westbrook, this is a regular season play to ensure that LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy come playoff time. Because Russell Westbrook can win you games in the regular season by himself. Mm-hmm. And you're not so reliant on LeBron and Anthony Davis to get you those regular season wins. I think it's a regular season play to play LeBron and Anthony Davis less minutes so that there's more likelihood that they'll be healthy come the playoffs. And my other theory is that potentially I would be watching at the trade deadline if it's if it's not working optimally or how good they thought it could be i would say russell westbrook is a decent piece they could use at the trade deadline to either get more role players or try and make a dame trade or something like that yeah uh it the what the lakers have done has been very interesting because you know we can only theorize what they're trying to do but when I initially look at the roster, I'm like... This is the best team of 2012. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... I feel, I feel like you guys can do better than that. Like, th- this team, they, they're a bunch of has-beens. Mm. You know, aside from a LeBron and AD, Westbrook is starting to go into that has-been category. Uh, Anthony, Howard, you know, a lot of these guys are in just in has-been territory, and it's just like, I, I don't... Now, I'm granted, not... I, Carmelo did, he shot, he was shooting over 40% from three last year. Mm-hmm. So they bring him in for shooting and come off the bench, and Howard, when they won the championship with the Lakers, was a key piece in that. I mean, may, maybe, maybe they know something that I don't, but it just... And here's my other thing with the Westbrook trade, is you look at what they gave up to see, you know, immediately you go, well, I don't think Westbrook's that good a fit. I wouldn't have given up all that for him. But you look at what they gave up. They gave up Montrez Harrell, who did not play who in the playoffs by coach's decision. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even in the rotation. Uh, they gave up Kyle Kuzma, who I will help him pack his bags. I don't need any more one for 11 nights out of Kyle Kuzma. And Contavious Caldwell Pope was a solid role player um, and a good rotation guy, but Russell Westbrook's better. And then the 22 pick and, you know, 
a rookie's not going to come in and have a major impact on that team. Yeah. Um, and so when I look at what they gave up, I go, well, they gave up a good role player and a couple guys that probably aren't needed on that team. So I don't think it's I think it's a win for the Lakers in the trade department. It's just how they find out how to make West, Russell Westbrook work with everybody else. And also, I think I think if they need to if they're at the trade deadline, it's going to be much easier to try and find a trade partner with Russell Westbrook than it would have been with Montrezl Harold, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Kyle Kuzma. We'll, we'll see what happens coming up. Um, the draft. I'll try and get through this. Um, the Pistons took Cade Cunningham. No surprise. Rockets took Jalen Green. Cavs took Evan Mobley. Raptors took Scotty Barnes. Magic took Jalen Suggs. Um, Warriors took Jonathan Kuminga. Um, let's see. The Pacers took Oregon guard Chris, Chris Duarte. Um, which I'm not sure. Uh, Hawks took Duke forward Jalen Johnson, who didn't really play much this past year. The Pacers did acquire the Kentucky forward Isaiah Jackson through the Lakers pick to the Wizards. Um, the the Pacers traded the Wizards Aaron Holiday to get pick number twenty two and got Isaiah Jackson. And all I'll say is if is 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 if Isaiah Jackson is halfway as good in in real life as he is in two K. Uh, uh, we did a very good job as the Indiana Pacers to get Isaiah Jackson because I dominate with Isaiah Jackson at 2K. Um, let's see, any other names? Um, Luke Garza, the Iowa center that had a big March Madness is going to the Pistons, so sorry to him. And um, Ohio State's Dwayne Washington signed a two-way deal with the Pacers. Um Oh, and Bucks took a Greece forward, so they're looking for more Greek talent. Um, the Heat declined Andre Iguodala's option. Uh, the Heat picked up Drogic's option, but that was so that they could trade him and Achua to get Kyle Lowry um, from the Raptors. So now the Heat have Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, so they will be another mediocre team in the East. I... I at this point, like, I don't get the... I, I guess Kyle Lowry maybe is the best available this offseason. So you're like, well, we got to make a move. But it's not going to be worth... I mean, they're not contenders. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mavs offered Luka a five-year, $202 million contract extension after the Olympics. Um, oh, this is all free agency. Oh, my gosh. Um... The Bulls sign Lonzo Ball. Um, Devontae Graham goes to New Orleans. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. re-signed with the Mavs. Um, Jarrett Allen re-signed with the Cavs. Mike Conley re-signed with the Jazz. Jimmy Butler got a $184 million max deal over four years with the Heat. TJ McConnell re-signed with the Pacers. Duncan Robinson signed five years, $90 million with the Heat, which is the largest deal ever for an undrafted player. Um, let's see. Torrey Craig signed with the Pacers. Chris Paul signed four years, $120 million with the Suns. Doug McDermott goes from the Pacers to the Spurs. Uh, 
Um, Jeff Green goes the Nuggets. Reggie Bullock goes the Mavs. Boban resigned with the Mavs. I'm skipping a few of these that are just for the sake of time and stuff. Uh, Trevor Ariza goes to the Lakers. Dwight Howard goes to the Lakers. Evan Fournier signs four years, $78 million with the Knicks. Derek Rose signs three years, $43 million with the Knicks. Uh, Batum signed a one-and-one one with the Clippers. Car Alex Caruso goes to the Bulls. Um, Cody Zeller goes to the Blazers. Um, Blake Griffin goes back to the Nets on a one-year deal. Norman Powell signs five-year deal with the Blazers. Trey Young signed a five-year, $207 million deal with the Hawks. Uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander signed five-year, 172 with OKC. Um, Wayne Ellington goes to the Lakers. P.J. Tucker goes to Miami. Um, so that's kind of a big loss there from Milwaukee. That was a big, he was a big guy to guard Durant and stuff. Yeah. Um, JaVale McGee's going to the Suns. Um, let's see. Andre Drummond goes to the Sixers. Steph Curry signed a four-year, $215 million extension with the Warriors. He's the first player in history to sign two $200 million deals. Um... It extends off of this, so over the next five years, he gets 261. Carmelo Anthony goes to the Lakers. Patty Mills goes to the Nets. Malik Monk goes to the Lakers. Bulls also complete a sign-in trade for DeMar DeRozan. So the Bulls, I think, had a really good offseason. They got Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. Uh, they traded earlier for Vucevic. They've got Zach Levine up there. The Bulls will be a lot better than they've been. Yeah, that's why I heard. I've heard that the Bulls... Absolutely went crazy. Yeah. Which is about time because honestly the Bulls, for as iconic as their franchise has been, have been They've been bad since ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> um let's see. Taylor Horton yeah, Taylor Horton Tucker signed with the Lakers. Kendrick Nunn signed with the Lakers. He was up for rookie of the year a couple years ago in Miami. Um Markeith Morris goes to the Heat from the Lakers. Um, John Collins signed a five-year deal with the Hawks. Kimba Walker gets a buyout with OKC and goes to the Knicks. Uh, Victor Oladipo goes back to the Heat on a one-year minimum. I mean, he's going to ball out for him. MVP for the Miami Heat right there. Uh, I mean, I think it's good value for the minimum to get Victor Oladipo, but that's certainly not what he was hoping to get when he left, when he was demanding his way out of Indiana. Uh, I'd welcome him back. <laughs> um, the Wizards get Spencer Dinwiddie, Julius Randall. Uh, Julius Randall signs extension with the Knicks. KD's gonna sign extension when eligible. The Lakers extend Frank Vogel. Memphis traded Grayson Allen to Milwaukee. Um, Reggie Jackson returns to the Clippers. Iguodala has narrowed his choices to the Nets, Warriors, and Lakers. That's narrowing? Yeah. What? Well, it just, it just seems like, you know, you saw three teams, you know, who'd you narrow it down from? Well, probably the 30. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Danny Green's going to stay on the Sixers. Dennis Schroeder goes to the Celtics on a one-year $5.9 million deal. Um, Luka got that big extension. Ben Simmons has cut communications with basically everyone on the Sixers. I mean, they're, 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 Ben Simmons wants out, and the Sixers are trying to find some value for him. Um, and C.J. McCollum is going to be the new president of the Players Association. Chris Paul served two terms, but he is no longer president of the Players Association. It'll be C.J. McCollum. I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I don't know, like, in terms of Players Association, what representation is. Like, I don't know C.J. McCollum as a person. I know Chris Paul generally is a good leader. I don't know if if the Players Association just wasn't happy with him last time. Mm. Or maybe he just chose I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So. Um, So, here's the deal. I'm going to have to take off. (laughs) (laughs) So, we've got we got through the NFL and NBA big recap till about mid-August. Mm-hmm. And we have the other category. So that's all the stuff like the Olympics, the new NIL rules for college, um, all stuff like that. Yep. Um, And then we'll have everything from mid-August to next. So I think we'll break this episode up because we have been going. It's been about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we'll have this episode as kind of our NBA, NFL catch up from July to mid-August. Um, and we'll find another time that we can do the other half. The good news is, is that was the bulk of what we had. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been too much that's happened since. I mean, there's been a, there's stuff has happened obviously through training camp and preseason and stuff. Um, but all the major headlines, like there's not a ton of major headlines that have happened in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, that's partially why like. Like I did an episode with Casey of Sports Shenanigans a few weeks ago, and we haven't done another one. And part of it is like we don't have enough to fill an episode um, at that point. Um, about right now is when we should be looking at doing that other episode. Mm-hmm. In that case, but so we're gonna split this one up. We'll do the other with the Olympics and all that, and then all the other stuff to get full caught up on the next episode. Um, yeah. So. Like, stay tuned for uh, NFL predictions. You know, yeah. We went through week by week, uh, matchup by matchup, and got our playoff teams. And, and I need to redo that, too, because that was a few weeks ago and some things have changed. Yep. And, and I remember even when I got my results, I said, I didn't remember doing that. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's funny, because you're trying to implicate the upsets, and then all of a sudden you've implicated too many upsets, and so some of the records are way off, and you're like, Whoa, See, I did I the opposite. I was trying to not implicate too many upsets, and then I didn't implicate any upsets, and then it was like, oh, I don't think Denver's going to be 2-15. and 15. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll do all that on the next episode. Yep. Um, obviously, like, this is already an hour and a half, so it's probably better that way anyway. Yep. Um... So we don't have like one massive four hour episode or whatever. Oh, they, um, they love listening to those four hour episodes. Oh yeah, I know. Um, but so that's that's the catch up. You can check the link in the show notes. It takes you to everything you need to do, everything where you need to listen, where you need to this and that, whatever. Um so uh go check that out and we will be back eventually when we find the next time to record and stuff. Um 
But yeah, I have to go because we're getting ready to do our NFL fantasy football draft. Woo! So we might even have something on that on the next episode. Um, and hey, since I'm no longer under any kind of covenant, I can talk as much football betting as I want. What do you Sorry, mean? Though. Well, I was a student at Grace College, so I didn't really want to. Oh. I didn't really want to publicize it, but now I'm going to be like, shoot, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> See, that's the difference between you Grace people and the Indiana Wesleyan people. Is we were also under that covenant, but we didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> the punishment was a lot more severe. I, I didn't feel like doing AA meetings or whatever you would call those meetings. <laughs> well, we will see you next time here on Run Up the Score. We hope you enjoyed uh, this episode and... Give us a like, give us a subscribe and all that good stuff. Tell your friends and we will be back next time with all the other stuff.